Thank you for tuning in to the Victory is Greater Than the Struggle, an ex-lesbian podcast with myself, your host, Jessica Newsom. Okay, so I'm not feeling that good, but I'm going to push through this bad boy because God has been burning it on my heart for the past couple of days, and I need to shoot that thing out to you. Now, I usually, uh, 10 times out of 10, I pretty much talk to people who are struggling with uh, walking out of homosexuality, people who God is calling out of homosexuality. It's that tug. It's that just that, that, that small, gentle tug where God's like, wait, I have something better for you. And the problem with this is we can't always find people to walk with us out of this thing. We can't find that guidance, someone to say, you know what? I am a little bit further than you are. Let me help you not fall maybe into the same pits that I did because we all need each other, right? To help lift one another up. Now, when it comes down to this, when it comes down to speaking to all these different types of people that I've spoken to across the world, from Jamaica to Switzerland, to California, to New York, to Canada, all over the place, right? I love it. I keep hearing the same types of thing over and over and over again. What is that? It's the same types of struggles. It's the same types of struggles. Nothing is new under the sun. The enemy keeps doing the same thing over and over again. And he tries to get you to think that you are the only one going through it this bad, this hard, right? Because when he can get you alone and to himself, he can basically kind of corner you and just beat you to a pulp. When you aren't linked arms with other people who could say, wait a second, let me help you out. You aren't the only one. I got you, right? And so this message is for you, okay? Now, have you ever, uh, I don't know about you guys, but I love to just buy stuff offline, okay? Have you ever saw something that looked totally appealing and you're like, gotta have that. It's a good price. Man, I need that thing. But in the end, when you actually get it, you're like, why did I even do that? Why did I buy that? I didn't need it. And the quality isn't even that great. This is what the enemy does to us. He tries to lure us in through things that seem appealing to us. He gets us to think that we need it, that we have to have it, right? And that we totally just desire that thing, okay? And so let's go to Isaiah 14, 12 through 15. Again, nothing is new under the sun. And I'm going to prove it because it started with Satan in heaven. It went down to Adam and Eve. And now he's trying to use it on us. Let's go there. Isaiah 14, 12 through 15, it says this. Look how you have fallen from your heavenly place, O shining one, son of the dawn. You have been cut down to the ground. You who conquered nations, you said in your heart, I will ascend into heaven and exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will rule on the mountain of the congregation, on the highest place of the sacred mountain. I will rise past the tops of the clouds and revile the most high God. Yet down to the underworld you go, into the depths of the pit. This is Satan. Satan was not always the evil one. Satan was not always the adversary. At one point in time, he was a beautiful angel, high-ranking, a worshiper, right? He was someone important, excuse me, in the kingdom of God. But what happened was he became jealous in his heart. He began to let all of that stuff go to his head and he began to say, you know what? I can be a better God than the God that I serve. 
And so he corrupted the minds of about one third of the angels, the Bible says. He corrupted their minds to jump on board with his agenda. And God did what? Struck them all to the ground, right? Now they're here on earth. And Satan says, basically, if I can't be in heaven, if I can't ascend above God, I'm going to bring every human down with me to the pits of hell in which God has struck me down to, right? That place that I am destined to go, I'm going to bring with me as many people as I can doing the same thing that was infused, that, that, that was in my heart, that caused me to fall from heaven in the first place. His new purpose is to steal, kill, and destroy your life. Steal everything that God has for you. Kill you. Kill everything that in, in your life that is going to produce good fruit and destroy you in your entirety. He does this via the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and he does this via the pride of life. Let's go to Genesis 3, 3 through 7, and see what happened in the garden of uh, Eden there with Adam and Eve. Genesis 3, 3 through 7 says this. Now, this is the enemy basically talking to, this is the serpent, right? This is Satan talking to Eve. But did God say, you must not eat from the tree that is in the middle of the garden, and you must not touch it or you will die? You will not certainly die, the serpent said to the woman. For God knows that when you eat from it, your eyes will be open and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. When the woman saw that the fruit of the tree was good for food and pleasing to the eye and also desirable for gaining wisdom, she took some and ate. She also gave some to her husband who was with her, and he ate it. Then the eyes of both of them were open, and they realized that they were naked, so they sewed fig leaves together and made covering for themselves. So what happened to them? It was the lust of the flesh. She wanted that thing that was forbidden. Why? She never wanted it before. She never desired that forbidden tree before. The thing that God says, God, God said, you can have all of this. All of this is yours, but do not touch. Do, do not eat of that tree. She didn't desire it until the serpent came and enticed her with the thing that God said, do not do. And then it was the lust of the eyes. She saw that it was good. She rationalized within her mind, you know what? Maybe this is not that bad. It looks good like all the other fruit. It doesn't look bad, right? Maybe maybe God put it here um, for a reason and I can eat it. Maybe he really didn't mean it this way. And then the pride of life. She wanted to be like the divine beings. Jealousy. The serpent enticed her and said, you know what? God really didn't mean it like that. The Bible doesn't really mean it like that. This passage, this scripture, it doesn't really mean that. How many times does the enemy do this to people? 
twist the word of God, twist the Bible so that it fits their way of living, which is not um, the way God desires us to live. The enemy gets us to twist the Bible so that sin becomes desirable. He makes it desirable to our flesh and then our flesh craves it. He makes it desirable to our eyes so that we see that, you know what, maybe this is okay. And he puts that pride on the inside of us. He cultivates that pride so that we say, you know what, maybe this is, this Bible is just old. The Bible is just written by man. You know what? I am the author and finisher of my faith. I am the one that, uh, that, that rules my life. I am God. I am in charge. I don't see God anywhere. I don't always feel him anywhere. It's that pride. That thing on the inside of us that exalts itself above the knowledge and obedience of God himself. They never, they never desired that tree until the sat- until Satan made it appealing to them. And what was the result? The result is that their eyes were opened. So, yeah, their eyes were opened. But their eyes were opened to things that they were not able to to handle and to receive and to deal with. God deals with a weight that is far heavier than we could deal with. Have you ever tried to articulate to your children or to a kid, right? The weight of the world, helping them to understand how difficult it, I'm I'm talking about like a toddler, right? Getting them to understand how difficult it is to live in this world, the complexity of this world, what it is to buy a house, have a mortgage, get a car, all the things you need to do to get to that place, um, to have, let's say, the American dream. They don't understand that. They don't comprehend that. That is not at a level in which they can fully understand at all. So when we ate, when, when, when Adam and Eve took a bite of that tree in which they were not supposed to, they were, were, were given a weight that was too much for them to bear. They could not understand it. They could not totally comprehend it and perceive it. And now what happened is they have sinned against God. They have sinned against God. And so what happened as a result? As a result of that, God punished them. God removed them from that perfect place from that perfect place that they were living, living in in, in an environment that was perfect. And now they have to, Adam has to toil the ground, right? He has to go and cultivate and work the ground, and it's going to be a lot harder now than it was in the Garden of Eden, where things were easy where there were no heavy yokes and burdens that were too difficult to bear. And so when we look at our struggle, when we look at the stuff that we're going through, when we look at that thing that keeps enticing us, what is that thing? 
a lot of times it's another person. It's the desire of the flesh saying, you know what? I need that person. I want that person. And the enemy will tell you, (laughs) Satan is not a figment of your imagination. It's not a myth. Hell is not a myth. Demons are not a myth. The Bible doesn't say that. The Bible says that the enemy prowls around like a roaring lion, seeing whom he can devour, and he's trying to devour you. He's getting those one-third now fallen angels, demons, to do his bidding to try to steal, kill, and destroy everything that you have and everything that you are by corrupting your mind, by, by, by corrupting your heart, and getting you to think that you could do this without God. Many of us are struggling with desiring someone of the same sex, and I'm talking about someone in particular, right? He has this person constantly on our mind, and we wonder why. Maybe we haven't even talked to this person. Maybe maybe um, God initially set you free and removed you from this situation, from this, from this toxic person, from this person who may not even be toxic, but it's of the same sex, or someone that God does not want you um, to be around for whatever reason, and he wants to grow you. He wants to strengthen you. But you keep desiring that lust of the flesh. You keep desiring that drug. And it may not be an illegal substance. It could be uh, the lust of the flesh. It could be seeing with your eyes something that you desire that is not healthy for you. Sometimes it's even... Ooh, sorry, I'm not feeling good, guys. <laughs> Sometimes it's even watching TV shows that we should not be watching. Movies that portray and depict that very thing that you're desiring. And so you watch it. And you you were lusting after that thing, even on the TV screen. It could be porn. It could be sex scenes from TV shows, whatever the case is. But what we're doing is we are looking at that and we're desiring it. And the enemy is cultivating that desire, that lust of the flesh, the pride of, of, of life, the lust of the eyes. He's cultivating that thing. It is like a seed that is planted in our hearts and will bloom in due season. So you could be a Christian. But if you are indulging in behavior that is planting seeds that are not of God, trust me, they will bloom in due season. Trust me, they will bloom in God's timing. In the enemy's timing, they will bloom. Everything that comes, everything that you do in the dark will come to light. And that's not always fun. And it's not always, uh, it's, it's, it can be quite painful. So if you look at your life, look at the things that are pulling you away from God. Even if you think that it's a good thing and maybe you're waiting for God to come through and change the situation. 
whatever it is, if it's pulling you away from him, it is not from God. Yes, God can change situations and redeem stuff. I totally get that. He could heal friendships. He could uh, heal marriages. Yeah, I get that. But we can't put everything in that box under that classification. If we allow God to be God in our life and say, you know what, God, I submit to you. I have, (laughs) I'm the worst at being God. I'm going to draw near to you. Your word says that you will draw near to me. If I let go of that thing that is hurting me on the inside, that thing that is calling me away from you, if I let go of it and let you deal with me and let you deal with that, I'll be in a better place. If you hold on to, and I'm telling you this from firsthand knowledge, if you hold on to the very thing that is pulling you away from God, you will not move any closer towards God. You will not move any closer towards freedom. You will not move any closer towards healing or recovery. You will remain stagnant and stuck in this place that you don't want to be stuck in. In this place that you do not want to be stagnant in. You have to relinquish control. Let God be God. Do not exalt yourself above his throne and above his knowledge. Rest in who he's made you to be. A child of God, dependent upon him, needing wisdom and growth and understanding. God needs to change a lot of stuff about you. Just the way he needs to change a lot of stuff about me. And he's changed so much, but he's not finished. And he's not finished with you. So you have to always be in a place of submission and receiving from God and let him be God and you be the student, the student. Let, let, let yourself be the follower. Let him be the teacher. Nothing that Satan does is new under the sun. What he is doing in your life, he's done it in the lives of so many people before you. And so many people right now, you are not alone. You don't have to do this alone. As I say all the time, you can email me. Go to my website, www.loveatthecross.com. Email me. I am here to talk with you and to walk with you. To help give clarity to the best of my abilities with the knowledge that I have received so far from my stumbling and getting back up and and, and moving forward, I want to give that to you so that you don't make the same mistakes that I have made. Just the way I had someone do the same thing for me. But we have to realize what the enemy is doing in our life and what he will continue to do. He will always try to steal from you. He will always try to kill, kill the the passions, the dreams, and the visions that God has for you. And he will always try to destroy you completely so that you are not an effective disciple. So that you are silenced. That you were so so that you were so beat down and crushed that you don't even witness to other people about God. How do you walk away? 
you just do it. It hurts. It's painful. It's confusing. It's scary. But you have to do it. You have to get to a place to where you are sick and tired of the garbage. Sick and tired of going around the same circle over and over and over again. Sick and tired of being stuck and stagnant. Sick and tired of being beat down by the enemy. Sick and tired of wondering, what if? What if I followed God? What if I totally gave him my everything? What would my life be like? You have to just relinquish control. Get in the word of God. Don't tell everyone what you're doing. Oh my goodness. Who, if I could give you some advice, that would be it right there. Your friends will not understand. Your friends will not get it because God's talking to you. God may not be talking to them right now because their hearts are hardened. They are not ready to receive, but you are. And so God is talking to you. Don't share the things of God with other people because what happens is, They will tear you down. They will end up doing the work of the enemy in your life. Trying to tell you, did God really say? I don't think it really meant that. The Bible, it was written by a man. So you know what? Homosexuality is probably okay. Because X, Y, and Z. Are they God? Do they have a deep relationship with God? How do they know? God is talking to you my friend. God is opening the eyes of your understanding. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and its righteousness and everything else will be added unto you. So that's seek God. Find people who are Bible believing believers who will love you along this journey. Pray to God. Spend time in worship. Get on YouTube. Find worship songs. Spend time in worship. Open up your Bible. Join a church. Watch it on YouTube. Do what you need to do, but know that it's a process, and it's not an overnight process, and it's not easy at all. But guess what? If I could walk this out, if my brothers and sisters can walk this out, and we're linking arms, there's so many more than us than you know. There's more people who God has delivered from homosexuality, from sin, from addiction. You may not know them, but they're there. They are around. They are walking, living, breathing testaments to what God is doing in the lives of those who seek after him. And you could be one of them, but you got to push past the hard stuff. You got to push, push past your flesh that screams, go this way. When God's telling you to go that way, you have to push past your knowledge and your understanding and your thinking and say, you know what? I don't know anything. God teach me and you will get to a place of freedom. I promise you. Thank you for tuning in. To the victory is greater than the struggle, an ex-lesbian podcast with myself, your host, Jessica Newsom. If you are blessed by this, please go to our website and donate there. That helps to uh, keep us moving forward in all the things that we do between ministering one-on-one to people. That's what I do myself. I talk to people from around the world um, who struggle in this area. I do it free of charge. So if you want to help out with that endeavor, please do that. Uh, Donate there of any amount. I love you guys and I'll see you next week. Bye.